Hello and welcome back to the Austrian Eye Podcast with your usual host, Manuel Poseca. Today, the Austrian Eye Podcast is in Salzburg, visiting the Thoughts 21, an innovation conference that by the time this episode is out, has taken place from the 15th to the 16th of March in the city of Salzburg. This year, there's a special interest in artificial intelligence, dedicating the stage of AI to different presentations and discussions with a vast selection of speakers and topics. I had the pleasure to meet several of the speakers and to record in total three interviews with the following guests. Wolfgang Trutschnik from the University of Salzburg on the AI Bachelor and Master program, as well on IDA Lab, an applied AI research lab that collaborates closely with companies in the region to enable funding of basic research projects and support local companies to stay ahead of their competitors. The second interview is with Gabriele Pollack on Salz21 a panel discussion on trustworthy AI and a workshop program that she has developed with Karina Zehetmeier that helps AI companies to develop products and services that are aligned with regulations and legal requirements. And last but not least, Mario Tutor from Stoic Analytics on what holds AI adoption back for small and medium companies in Austria and what is needed to overcome those hurdles. This is one of those episodes and I hope you enjoyed and will check out the others. Hello, Gabriel. Thank you very much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me in the show. We are today here on the SALS 21, an innovation conference, and you have been speaking today on a panel and tomorrow you're going to have a workshop. And I'm happy to talk with you about both those things today and on the interview. But maybe we can shortly start with you giving a short introduction a bit about yourself, your background, what brought you into the space that you're currently working in and what brought you in the end to the topic of artificial intelligence. So thank you for having me here. I'm mathematics, so I studied at the University Ulm in mathematics and informatics and started my working, my business life at KPMG in Munich. In 2000, I moved to Vienna, working there for other international accounting companies and my main focus was um, in, in every of these companies in um, having a compliance look on all these IT systems which are in the concerns in the companies and working with specific data. So I'm an IT auditor my, my whole business life. And in 2020, I founded Startup, which is in the area of whistleblowing. And I also founded with Karina Zehetmeier the foundation of Women in AI Austria, and we are both in the, in the board and yeah, trying to bring more information to all the all these people in in Austria, how AI is working, what problems it might have, and uh, if we can have a positive impact too. Great, wonderful. It's good, Karina. We actually had you on the podcast as well a few episodes ago. I will link it as well, like in the show notes. And so compliance was was in many ways or is like your your focus that you have been over the over in your business life and i think it's right as well this brings us a lot to like your workshop as well and what you're going to talk about later and in which way one or what 
one has to focus on when thinking about compliance, especially in the aspect of artificial intelligence in modern systems. But maybe before we go there, maybe we can shortly talk about the panel that have you, you have been part in today on the SALS 21, which is, I unfortunately was unable to make it because I was <laughs> recording another interview. But as I understand it, the focus of the panel was in many ways on ethical and aspects and aspects of trust in many ways on in the AI systems. Can you maybe shortly to our listeners say a few words about the panel and maybe some of short summary about it? Yes, it was a panel about trustworthy AI systems and how can we as humans can trust an AI, I would say, tool, because mm -hmm. it is a tool. And the amazing thing about this panel was that all of the panelists were ladies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we don't have this uh, all the time. So it was really special. And uh, we had four women from Women in AI Austria. And uh, the moderation was uh, be done by Karin Gabriel. So all were women. The focus was on how can we use all these AI tools uh, without any yeah, knowledge how they really work. And my personal meaning is AI systems have always right because they can calculate in a right way. Mm -hmm. So we have results which are always right, but only in a mathematical way. Mm -hmm. So mathematics is an abstraction of the real world. And uh, we have in the real world much more information than an AI system can at the moment work on. So to have very performant AI system, we need to abstract and yeah, we have missing data. Mm -hmm. And in the conception phase and in the creation phase, when the training of the AI system is done, we need to yeah, focus which data will be needed and which not. And in this selection of the data or by choosing some of these data, which uh, would be the whole world, mm -hmm. Yeah, we we decide if an AI system will come to a very good result for all people or mm -hmm. only for a group of people. And in the knowledge of um, which data is used and how the mathematical algorithm is in the background working, people can for his own measure if the AI system or the AI tool will be trustworthy for their results or not. Mm -hmm. So if I understand correctly, just maybe to summarize it here, and maybe you can tell me if I understood it, so is that, as you said, the computer systems as a tool, correct, and then they are performing their calculations correctly, and this sense there are no mistakes in the way they do the calculations, but like they definitely transport all kinds of biases and all kinds of different, let's say, maybe negative or in some kind intentions, which which we would not be or we are not happy about in some some extent in the systems alone through the data that we use to train them, alone through the design that we, that we use and the way that we build the systems and the way that we train the systems. Obviously, all modern machine learning systems, as we say, <clears throat> are data-driven. So the data that we use is going to shape the system and the way that the systems behave. And like because those, this is never the complete world to some extent, but it's always only a selection of the world. This sense like we form the system in a way that on one side, I guess, like is not following our hopes or expectations, maybe on the other side. And on another side, the people that forming the systems 
are the one that the, that in many ways are defining how the system is going to be behaving in the end. Is this is this in part what you meant? Yes, that's uh, all right. Uh, but I would uh, like to add that an AI system is only a tool, mm -hmm. and uh, how the tool is working in yeah in the production or in the business process. That depends on how it was betrayed. So if we have an AI system in a company, we can only from the mindset here say it's a new colleague. And if a new colleague is onboarding in, in my company, I will yeah take him by the hand and say, okay, have a look on this process. You need to do that and then put data in that system and so on and so on. And that's the same with an AI system. So I need to train him, and by the selection of the data, which I choose for training the AI system, I decide how it will work in the future. Mm -hmm. And if you are saying bias, it's really, yeah, bias is a really hard thing because we train the AI system for a specific purpose or target, and We need to select carefully the data for that and the results of the data. And we need to label all this data. And at the end, we need to overwork in the most cases all the data so that we will get the right results at the end. So, yes, it depends on the data. Not in all cases we can use data from our production environment, which has been done in, in the past. Sometimes we need to overwork them so that we have future results. Mm -hmm. And bias is a really hard thing because sometimes we need to align the data so that a specific results came out. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we don't need data from, I would say, men or women, and I'm only focused on, on one thing. And not in all cases... Do we need diverse envi uh, data environment? So in, in some case, we can only focus on specific things, but this is then the targeted result and we design or we yeah, decide to design the AI system in that way. Mm -hmm. So bias is really hard and we need in the test phase where, where we training the AI system, looking on the results and every day assess if the results are as we would like to have it mm -hmm. i see i see i understand well i think this brings us very much as well or it's already towards like the workshop if i understand it, that you're going to have tomorrow because like the workshop if i understand it, if i stood at least talking to you off mic is about helping really the people developing those systems to to certain extent to understand what to focus on and and to exactly Give them an overview of the different aspects, which which are focusing on the ethical and compliance part about building modern AI systems. Can you maybe, before we talk maybe about details about the workshop, give us first an overview of like what the workshop is about, who is it exactly really targeted for, and can you maybe tell us a bit more about like as well what was your initial motivation to even like start this work? Yeah. So in many companies, there are AI developers who are trying to automate some processes with AI tools or methods. So in talking with them, 
we see that uh, most of their products, which are created in months or sometimes years in, in really hard work, yeah, goes not to the productive environment because the end users or law is against them. So mm -hmm. that means they tried really hard, have really a big investment in effort and money, but cannot use it because it don't comply with legal requirements or the end users are not likely to, to use it mm -hmm. in many ways. So we saw that legal and ethic uh, yeah, requirements are needed to, to design an AI system which will be used in the future. Mm -hmm. And this was our first step. So we decided if we are in the conception phase of a new AI system. So this would be the right moment to step in, focusing in an, with a diverse team on the legal requirements, having a look on the values which will bring at the end the AI system. And if the values can be yeah, trustworthy and sustainability of the whole life cycle of the AI system Yeah, resulted. Mm -hmm. And that was the, the first step, looking what do we have for AI legal requirements in the world. And we saw that about between 150 and 200 trustworthy AI guidelines are currently existing in the world. Some are from private companies, but others are from countries. So even the Vatican has its own trustworthy really? AI guideline. Yeah. It's, it's only six, six pages, so it's, it's very small, but, you know, most of them is in the big book. <laughs> Interesting. And, yeah, and the European Union has its own trustworthy AI guideline. It's, yeah, in this respect, very old. It was mm -hmm. one of the first ones. But, yeah, the, the big tech companies has their own trustworthy AI guidelines like Microsoft or Google. And... Yeah, so we have no alignment. So some companies see more, yeah, one aspect for them very important and will develop their AI systems in, in that way. And the guideline of the European Union is more looking for the whole life cycle. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it can be used how to create, develop, test, bringing into production and monitor it in when it's in in the operating process used. So it's the whole life cycle until the end. And this is very helpful for most of the developer when they see, okay, there are standards, there are norms, and when we go with them, we are yeah, more likely that the end user will uh, have it in, the, in, the, in, the, in place at mm -hmm. the end. Yeah. I understand. Interesting. I just want to verify because like, I, I was... Actually, it would have been one of my questions in which way like the legal infrastructure is in place already and in which way this it is legally already clearly defined what are the boundaries and what are, let's say, some of the responsibilities of, of these AI systems. Because like there's always this discussion, right, that the, the politics always follows behind somehow the technological innovation, right? And so although artificial intelligence itself as a field is old, like the innovations that we have seen over the last five to 10 years have been very drastic, in, in, especially in the way that it 
the products have been built and aut how autonomous those systems are. But just to understand, so as you said, like there are already strict legal requirements laid out and they already really define of what responsibilities of the systems are and let's say what are the red lines of what the system must not, for example, do. Is this correct? No. <laughs> Would be great if we had some like that because if we have laws which are strictly binding, we can save our investments better. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Um, currently, we do have some laws which the AI system needs to be comply with them. For example, the GDPR, so data protection, is for AI systems a very big point. But we don't have a specific AI act at the moment, which is binding. Mm -hmm. But in the European Union, we have uh, at the moment discussions about that. On the other side, we have laws for financial institutes, for IT in the accounting process, or for production environments. So all these laws are, for example, binding for the AI, for the new AI system too. Because if your mindset is, this is a new colleague, so if it's binding for you, it's binding for the AI system too. But how can you train an AI system which tries to be very efficiently in doing what it does, yeah? in following all these laws? Because you cannot tell him, this is the law and please don't break it. Mm -hmm. That's not possible. It's possible for a human. He can say, okay, yeah, I understand what's in the law and I will follow it even when... It would be more efficient to break the law, but I understand it would be a big problem for the company and liability problem, so I cannot do it. But an AI system will be trained by data and then starts to doing the things more in an efficient in a more efficient way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That can, yeah, sometimes uh, include breaking laws. And this is what is very hard. So we need to implement these requirements for the laws from the beginning of the concept phase before we even start in the first step because some of these legal requirements will be implemented in the AI model mm -hmm. as a rule and cannot be implemented in the training phase. And therefore, we need to yeah, have it before we start programming it. Mm -hmm. And this is where our legal and ethic AI sprint starts. Mm -hmm. So if a company knows we would like to have an AI system which will conclude the following tasks, we have a second workshop and bring in the business and the legal departments and they will bring in all the requirements which come from the from the law or from the ethic perspective or what the consumer will love to have. And yeah, at the end of our legal sprint, which normally depends uh, between four and six hours, we have an, yeah we, we have requirements for the AI development team, and part of them will be for the data, so choosing the right data. And the other ones will be implementing some rules in the AI models so that the law cannot be broken, even if it would be more 
yeah, efficiently. Mm-hmm. I see. Interesting. Maybe we can talk a bit bit more, as you said, already said, like you bring in these types of spring people together within a company with different expertise, as you said, like people from the, the legal departments, people from the technical departments. But can you, can we talk a little bit about like from your perspective, what kind of companies in many ways like are successful with with applying or using a sprint like yours to be developing the next product and which companies have more struggles because like obviously said like to me it feels a bit there must be a certain size as well in the present in a company in to to maybe have this expertise for example the legal part of it can you maybe help to understand as well like this the sprint and these types of workshops that you that you're providing offering for which kind of companies are those most effective? I think it's not an industry which uh, makes here the difference. It's more like what will be the field in which the AI system is or will be working. Mm-hmm. So in the most of the companies, the AI system will be automate existing processes. And for these processes... At the moment, we have humans, which uh, make most of the tasks manually. Mm-hmm. And to have it in, yeah, in the future in a more automated way, we will need the expertise of these people who are doing it now manually. Why does they have it in, in that way and not in an alternative way? What things could be more efficiently? Do we have the data? And uh, all these things will come from the, yeah, from the business departments. And on the other side, we need the legal department, which brings in the expertise of the legal requirements and sometimes from the standards, like the trustworthy AI guideline is, is not a law, it's a standard. So you should follow it, but you are not forced to follow it. And it's in some cases, if you can say we are following the trustworthy AI guideline of, and it doesn't depend if it's Google or it's you, it will be more or it would be better for the customers to, yeah, you know, to. Can you imagine to rely on the system? Exactly. It's like a bit like a labor that you have maybe as well, like when you go to the supermarket to some extent, right? Where you said, okay, this is the organic grown vegetables to some extent that you can say, okay, this aligns with what I want the world to be to some extent and in which way I can rely on the product in this sense, the customer knowing that, for example, they have been following certain laws that my data or my privacy is taken is taken seriously and, and the system tries to, to not infringe on, on, on my interests. Absolutely. So we need something like a certificate that customers can rely on the results of the AI system. And uh, this is a very big point in, yeah, in, in the real world because no customer can assess how the AI system is, is working. They cannot assess which data were trained for the AI system to working in, in a certain way. And they don't know which AI model is being used. Mm-hmm. So what we need is something like an auditor, an AI auditor, who can yeah, audit the whole system, 
which on, on the whole life cycle. So it doesn't end with the implementation in the real processes. It needs to be also audited over the whole life cycle mm -hmm. when it is in, in place. So we, we need a third party. In some cases, it can be a lawyer who looks on all these things. In some cases, it's more likely that it's been GDPR officer or an AI developer and their professional judgment about the system should be in an open report for all the customers. So maybe I can give you an example. Currently, we are in a project from the Arbeiterkammer, which targets systems for medical, for medical work. And women in AI, so specific members of uh, women in AI, there are lawyers, there are mathematics, there are developers, having a look on the system and assessing if they are trustworthy and describe in a transparent way which data will be used and if a patient can rely on all these things. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. So exactly this is something that I wanted to ask you about is like, the visibility even exists for these types of systems. And if I understood you correctly, the certification you, you mentioned in many ways is something that is, there are no standards yet. And there are no, if I think there are no regulatory or there are no laws, for example, that require any type of certification, if I understood it. But so besides, for example, the initiative that has been, is going on right now for the women in AI to be certifying or to be studying this particular system, is there like maybe on a European level or anything beyond, do you know other initiatives to build up this somehow system that can be used to certify and uh, test to some extent AI systems? We have it in the mobility area. So if a car is uh, driving autonomously, We need people who can assess if the car would be a problem for, for other people who are driving around. So yes, absolutely, there are things in place. And we have, for some use cases, also binding laws. For example, in America, if you are having a system with AI supporting your application process, You need to produce statistic how many people were assessed by the AI system and uh, the people who are in the company now, in, in which group are there, is it more or likely that rational aspects will be in, yeah, in, in the decision phase or if the gender is part of the decision being. So all these All these laws at the moment more targeting for transparency so mm -hmm. that we can assess, yes, when I'm going to apply at this company and I see because it's a yeah, it's an open report, they are using an AI system, but uh, the st statistics said or showed that my gender or my yeah background will be not part of the decision at the end. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's, it's more going in that direction because we have, um, yeah, we have uh, some very big lobby companies who are currently slowing down the processes of um, having an yeah, AI act, mm -hmm. for example, in the 
European Union. Mm. Yeah, but on the other side, it I think it would be very, very good for a company when it have its own, for example, trustworthy guidelines, like it is used by Microsoft or Google, because they need to protect their investments. Mm -hmm. There are huge money and working effort in all these systems. And when at the end, a system cannot comply with the normal laws, mm -hmm. for, for example, the Unternehmensgesetzbuch mm -hmm. or the Bundesabgabenordnung, Then you have a big problem because you cannot use it. And then you have, uh, I would say, yeah, two years development and millions of dollars or euro invested in, in all this system, but uh, you cannot use it and you don't have any chance to get it into the productive environment. Mm -hmm. So it's, I would say, It's for the benefit of the companies that they have reliable AI systems. I see that they're on legal grounding really to be able to develop these products. Then very shortly, I want still something to ask about the certification process that you have been describing before. In many ways, as you see, the moment is focused on transparency to understand like how decisions come about in those models. But when I'm thinking about the certification, at least from a traditional perspective, I would have the feeling there is some process of evaluation of a system and then you get a certification, for example, if it complies to, to the law. But for modern artificial intelligence systems that are data-driven, as uh, the ones that we have been discussing now, from a technical perspective, they continuously are trained. They are continuously changed. So how you imagine or what do you think, how does this certification process that in some way I would then imagine has to be continuous as well, would be be able to work? How would you imagine to have such a process if, let's say, the underlying system is continuously changing? So we already have a method how to do it because for traditional software, we have something which is called internal control system. Mm -hmm. And for AI system, we need a monitoring tools or monitoring by humans too. And uh, this is what we would called an internal control system too. So humans or other systems assessing instantly and continuously the results of the AI system and can see if the, yeah, the changes from the on-learning bringing the reliable results or not. Mm -hmm. So we need to implement uh, instantly an internal control system for AI tools too in the companies to yeah, make sure that they comply and bringing the yeah, reliable results we would like to have. Okay, I see, I see. So the monitoring of modern AI systems, not only from a technical perspective to ensure, for example, quality of predictions and similar, but as well like from a legal perspective in order to really make sure that they continuously stay within the legal bounds to some extent or like the compliance. It's very, it's, it's very important to understand that AI is not only system. It's not only software. So AI is a software which is handle and decide like it will be done by a human. And therefore, we need to act with the AI system as it would be a human. And so we need to have not only technical 
controls in the whole process. And uh, we also need more of focus on the business perspectives. So an AI project is not a technical project. It's an organizational project. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we need diverse teams. We need people from the business departments, from specific areas. We need uh, the GDPR officer. We need legal. We need the management, which must decide some things. So because it could cost really much money. Mm -hmm. And at the end, we need the business to understand how the AI system is working and on which aspects they should focus in monitoring the AI system. So it's not only a technical thing, it's a more an yeah, overall organizational thing. Mm -hmm. I understand. Well, with this as well, I want to bring then come back a little bit more to, again, to the workshop and the sprint that you've been discussing. So many of those aspects that we've been discussing are obviously challenging and that's uh, definitely makes sense and understandable why they're there. Luckily, there are workshops like yours where, where companies can come to. But as you really pointed out, right, there are definitely challenges for the companies. Can you maybe, from your experience with previous workshops that you did, can talk a bit of, from your experience, what are the biggest challenges those companies have, like, or like when building exactly these systems? Yeah. So at the, normally at the first day, more or less technical teams are thinking about what the AI system can be. So they're thinking about which model, they're thinking about uh, in which area, they're thinking about uh, which part of the process could be automated with that. So at the second day, we are talking with uh, the people who, at the end of the project, will work with this AI system together. And sometimes uh, the technicians little bit, you know, they, they say, hey, this is all what Technic can. We are at the state of the art with these things and we are better than our competitors because it's much faster than when we yeah, would have a team of five people doing the same. And, you know, and then the business people say, yes, we understand, but no customer will buy from these things because uh, like we know it from ChatGPT, the text currently, the text of these speech, AI speech programs is not coming from the heart mm -hmm. because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a machine without any emotions and feelings. And you will see it's a difference if you are talking with a machine or with a speech model or if you are talking with a, with a person, for example, in the industry of pharmacy or, or medicine, you need people who have a heart and empathy to yeah, guide the people through these processes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the technicians didn't understand this because they see, hey, we have this great thing, we can do this model, we can do this. Yeah, method, and that would be very beneficial because we don't need them people, we don't need to wait, and so on. But on the other hand, we have these ethics in our processes, and customers will 
by from from people and not from robots. Mm -hmm. You know, even if the robots are very good, but in some cases, if if you don't even buy piece of paper or something like that, you need the heart and the empathy of the seller. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. And this and is very hard when both sides discussing at the future model. And this is also why many of the AI models which developed in months or years are not coming at the end in the productive environment. And in some cases, we have it that the customer or the potential customer can choose if he would like to talk to an AI system or to a human. So mm -hmm. some companies provide these tools. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I understand. And this misalignment in many ways, like as I said, between the technical feasibility, what is technically possible and like what is from a business perspective even useful. Beyond this, how well... The company is prepared from, let's say, a legal grounding. And as you said before, like those aspects that as we have to focus on here, thinking about regulations and similar, how much of a challenge from your experience is this for the companies when they, when they head into AI projects? Yeah, on one side, the AI development teams uh, not only uh, exactly knows the details of the law, which is... Uh, Yeah, forcing the business process to do it in a specific way. So they don't exactly know the details. So therefore, we need the business department or the legal department. And on the other side, we, we already have more than 100 trustworthy AI guidelines, but most of the technicians don't know them. Mm -hmm. Even in the university, you, yeah, you, you might not learn if you are going for a more technical study, you don't learn these things. And yeah, this is a lack of knowledge and we need to bring both parts together. Mm -hmm. That's very important because the company itself needs to follow and comply with all these law. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely makes sense. As you already said, I'd like to bring together the people <clears throat> with the different backgrounds here so that they can build together something, which is then it's not only technically feasible, but as well like fits on one side into the legal grounds and on the other side like expects what the what the business wants to actually solve the problems they want to address there. Is there actually so as you've been describing up to now, this is like workshop over one or two days, if I understand it correctly. Is the are you repeating this then with the with the company? So do I understand this correctly that it's done in the inception phase of new projects where you they first come together? Yes, you said like you help them to understand like what is possible, what must be on the legal ground done or not, and then those companies just go ahead and with the project, or are you somehow do you have like follow up, let's say, workshops and sessions with those companies? So normally we have uh, three days at the beginning. So two of them are more in a technical way. One of them is the legal and ethic sprint. And then six months, or it depends a little bit on the, on the company, but uh, about six months later, we are doing a uh, an, an second legal and ethic sprint. So the, normally the technicians are then a little bit more focused on the yeah, method, you know, the Data will be chosen and 
first labeled and then we normally made a second legal and ethics print and look if all the requirements are currently implemented in the system or if change is needed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And and how is it that's coming back to, to today and to the SARS-21 where we are currently here, right? So tomorrow you're going to have some a sprint. So this is just for the people like to know at least what they missed because this episode is probably going to come out after the SARS-21. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about what is then the plan for tomorrow? Yeah, so because we have only 45 hour minutes, <laughs> not hours, sorry. <laughs> Because we have only 45 minutes, we need to yeah, small in or abstract the mm -hmm. sprint a little bit. So we will start with an example of a new AI tool, which we would like to design for our company. So it will be the application process for new, for new people. And uh, then we will divide the particip participants in 10 groups and every group, so most of them will have between 10 and 15 people, they will get their own questions and working on that questionnaire. And uh, after another 10 minutes, we will bring them together and going through the whole process. So every part of the group should have uh, solved a specific part of the overall sprint and then we will bring all together and yeah starting with um, our system which uh, risk level does it have is it a more a high risk a medium risk or a low risk system then the data which we will use the gdpr comply to them in a limited way in a full way or at least not and then we go on the next step, uh, we have industry standards, which we need to follow them. Do we have all the GDPR principles in our system, in our model? And then we will have a look on the value-based engineering part. So defining our stakeholders, then defining our values for the whole process, looking about how we can force that we will have the best results and how we can prevent that we will have the yeah, worst scenarios. And at the end, we will come to an overall decision. Will we go for this project or not? Mm -hmm. So this is in really few words how it will work and how the different teams will work together. And uh, normally we need for that four to six hours, yeah. Okay, interesting. It's going to be the net teaser in many ways to such a workshop. Very nice. So for our listeners then who are maybe interested in as well, like starting out new projects and would be interested as well in, in similar workshop, how can they best reach you? Yeah, you can uh, have a look on our homepage, womeninai.at. So we are the the local founding in uh, in Austria and we serve these workshops and you can reach me directly via email with uh, Gabriele B at womeninai.at so send me an email and I send you information about our process information about legal requirements in the European Union or some for some areas even in the world and if you have questions or if you would like to support 
Women in AI Initiative, please be free and yeah, come to me. Mm -hmm. And I will make sure to include all this information as well in the show notes. So can so people definitely, for them, it's easy to find you. So maybe one question or something for you is a bit of like a shifting gears. But one of the topics that, is, that I see discussed a lot here on the conference and in the topic or surrounding artificial intel intelligence in general is the fear that many people have about the future loss in many ways of their workplace and like that AI is going to replace them is going to take over in many ways and people are going to be standing like on the street without occupation in maybe very poor conditions. I know that you personally are very interested in this topic. So can you maybe share with our listeners a bit your perspective on this and what you think, how, what is, what AI will really do concerning the job market and how it's going to affect people? Yes. So I, I think that yes, AI systems will work on tasks which is at the moment be done by different people. So we will have this bigger automation in the companies for sure, but we will need humans at all. Humans in different areas like uh, selecting the right data or monitoring AI systems. So if you will be prepared for the future in the new working space, I would uh, say please try some AI systems, which are at the moment very famous, like ChatGPT. They are free of charge, so you don't need to, to pay for it. And uh, you can learn by your own experience and hire your education by using these tools. So it's, it's not what the AI robot will answer you, but you will see how you tell the question to the chatbot, how the chatbot react. And this is the skill and the experience which we will see in the future more often and which you will need for your future work too. So start, for example, today and have a look in the internet. There are many free tools which have an AI work like Iva or Dali, so you can you can create your own pictures, you can create your own your own songs, and you will see the more you experience experience with the AI tools, the more you will be more yeah famous in in using them because uh, your results will be better and better with ever with every try, and yeah that's one of the highest skills for the future and that depends not only to technicians it's the same for the people in the business departments so in the future these people who don't want to work with the ai systems will lose their jobs but these people who are working with them as partnering they will be very very famous in the company because this is the future skill companies are looking for and that don't depend to any technical skills. It's more bringing in the business experience and partnering with an AI system, which can do the work a lot faster than the, the human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. As, but there's a lot of discussion about job displacement. So people getting in new jobs, other types of jobs. And as you said, like similar, like we have seen in the past where decades ago, like working with a computer was a very special thing. And there was a lot of resistance for many people to even say, okay, 
I'm not a computer expert. I never will be. I will never be able to work with such a thing. Right nowadays, it's like everyone uses computers all the time. And in this sense as well, like future AI systems in many ways will be omnipresent and everyone will probably interact with them on a daily basis. So as you completely say, right, then like getting started on to some extent understanding how they work, where are their limits, just from even like a work using it as a tool is definitely a good advice and completely agree as well that people should should get more and more experience with it because it's probably not something that they will be able to escape. Having every time in mind that it's a new colleague and you need to show him the work and how the work is be done in the right way. Very good. Very nice. But before we close maybe the show, so is there something on the South 21 that you are actually looking forward to see? I only had a very brief time to go through downstairs through the conference for the different stations and then to see a bit the people. Besides your workshop that you're going to have tomorrow, is there something that you, that you found in the agenda that you're particularly looking forward to? All discussions on the AI panels really interesting because there are so many aspects and you know AI is such a huge area you are learning with every discussion and you need to think about so many things and having such different perspectives so it's very useful to to go to the home of AI panel so mm -hmm. it's uh, upstairs it's not uh, down but it's upstairs and there are really interesting people participants and uh, discussion partners very nice first i want to say thank you very much for coming on to the show thank you very much for talking about these workshops and for sharing your experience thanks 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 a lot